Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello and welcome to Future Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Juliette Lamar. And my guest today is Al Bergio. He is the founder at the Digital Bits Foundation. Welcome, Al. Thank you, Julia. Thanks for having me. So I'm very intrigued. Why don't you go ahead and tell us about Digital Bits Foundation? Sure, certainly. So um, the Digital Bits Foundation was actually created um, to really help uh, support and evangelize uh, the Digital Bits Project. And the uh, Digital Bits Project is um, an open source project. uh, for um, basically open source software that's been used to create uh, the digital bits blockchain network. And um, it was, um, you know, uh, various uh, contributors helped contribute to the development of um, uh, that uh, project and its launch. Uh, and the blockchain network went live in March of this year. Uh, so we're you know, really pleased to have seen it get to that milestone and and the support that we've we received. Um, in terms of the blockchain itself, um, obviously there's various different blockchains out, out there today from the granddaddy of it all, Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and so forth. Um, in our particular case, um, the digital bits blockchain uh, is used for um, really um, certain specific use cases in terms of what we have it focused on today, but you can utilize it for the tokenization of assets. This could be um, a um, Digital asset, a legacy digital asset that's been brought to, onto a blockchain. The digital bits uh, blockchain, um, on the digital bits blockchain, you can tokenize assets. This could be, um, it, you know, a legacy digital asset that's been, say, literally in uh, some sort of centralized database um, and brought onto this blockchain. Um, so, or it could be a um, visual representation of a physical asset. In addition to that, um, these digital assets or these tokens can be transferred free on-chain multi-hop. Um, what that means is that there doesn't necessarily need to be a direct market for a trade to occur. So, you know, you have asset A or token A, and you want to trade it for token B, but B does want A, you know, B wants C, and C does want B, so on and so forth. So maybe not a direct match, but let's just say you can kind of move around uh, in, a, in a particular moment. Everybody, you about that. So, you know, from a perspective of a user, uh, there's a scenario where you have A and you want B, and the magic happens, even, even though there may not be a direct market. Um, and then the last, uh, the other uh, use case for this blockchain is that it's uh, great for uh, fast payments of expenses. Um, now, in terms of what we've uh, really helped focus from an asset category, we felt that there's a huge opportunity within the loyalty and rewards space to the loyalty points. Um, you know, it's there's hundred billion in points currently issued and unused sitting on the balance sheets of companies. Um, and also there's like forty eight or forty billion issued every year, which a third never get used. So that third representing sixteen billion issued every year, never getting used. It's kind of living in this two-dimensional world, and blockchain introduces a third dimension, you know, specifically the digital bits blockchain, 
to really help solve a lot of these issues with friction, security, um, and really enhancing the overall user experience. Um, what we see is a win-win for the brands and enterprises that have these programs that um, are, are looking at blockchain and, and let's say, the you know, being amongst the first movers and the consumers that, um, you know, embrace it, are, are using these programs. They're getting a bit frustrated, but um, what this blockchain can introduce is uh, a much better user experience, um, helping solve liquidity issues um, with, with points today. Um, and so, you know, in a nutshell, that's um, um, one of the areas of focus um, and one of the uses uh, for the digital blockchain. And the DigiBit blockchain, you also have a loyalty uh, component as well. Yeah, so we ourselves don't per se operate um, a loyalty program. Um, there are businesses out there uh, running loyalty uh, programs that are looking at blockchain. And essentially, you know, they're living in a centralized world. Um, there's benefits to bring on to a blockchain, distribute a ledger technology. And, you know, we're there to support those organizations in moving from centralized to decentralized, the tokenization of the pre-existing program. In fact, the way we see it is by supporting them, we're helping them disrupt their industry um, and really uh, giving them a, uh, the potential for competitive advantage over their competition um, and, 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 you know, really helping that industry evolve um, you know, uh, as as with uh, all things blockchain, you know, and, and fueling the sort of 3.0 era. And you, in the future, I mean, this might be jumping ahead a little bit too much, but what really caught my attention was also uh, your global charitable giving program that you'll be rolling out at some point. Uh, that just caught my eye, and I yeah. thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and so what what we, what um, the foundation has done, obviously uh, the Digital Business Foundation is a nonprofit foundation, um, we do have um, so with, with the Digital Bits blockchain network, there um, is a native cryptocurrency, um, and it also happens to be called Digital Bits. And you need Digital Bits, um, Digital Bits token, um, to be able to utilize the blockchain network. So it has uh, utility to it, um, and there's a few different uses. Um, and so, in essence, you could see it have uh, value. And, um, and basically, the foundation has reserves uh, of this token. Um, um, and ba we basically have um, uh, set aside a uh, portion of, uh, um, of those tokens for charitable purposes. Um, and what, it's what we define as user-driven um, uh, uh, giving. And um, we have not uh, um, formally launched this yet, um, but uh, we will. And um, users of blockchain uh, will have the opportunity to really designate. So the foundation, part of the foundation's role is to identify charities as candidates um, uh, to be the recipients of this, and and then users ultimately, based on their activity, could define uh, define who they would like to, based on their activity, who who you know to be the beneficiary of what would be admitted uh, out of um, they call it the charity pool. And so um, it's our way of um, you know, obviously giving back um, and helping um, helping users really, I guess, give back based on um, use of this blockchain. That's such a great way to use this this new technology that's really coming about. Um, give us a little a little insight into into your history, how you became the founder of Digibit Foundation, and, and what brought you to this time. 
Yeah, so I, I've been um, a serial entrepreneur um, quite some time. It doesn't feel that long. Stop to think about it. It's been a while. <laughs> so I, I started <laughs> in the internet space in the uh, late 90s. Um, at that time, um, some of the buzzwords were online media and e-commerce, you know, kind of new uh, at that time. And and um, so it's where it kind of started for me. Um, my career evolved um, actually into not just across technology, but into other industries as well. Uh, I founded a company, the Voice Over IP space. And the last company I founded, a company by the name of uh, uh, Console, Console Connect, uh, founded that company uh, in 2011. And I helped pioneer what's known as Interconnection 2.0. This is how uh, companies can uh, today completely bypass the public internet and directly connect to other organizations, which you know, it could be their cloud provider, financial institution, some other trading partner, or what have you. Um, and you know, companies like Amazon, AWS, uh, Google, Google Cloud, um, the Microsoft Cloud, and so forth, um, really started to support this method and helping helping uh, uh, enterprises um, or supporting the ability for enterprises to bypass the public internet and directly connect to them. And so, companies you just mentioned were. We're um, customers and partners um, to the company I had found the console. Um, raised um, fair capital for that and ultimately uh, uh, grew that worldwide. Uh, it was the largest uh, interconnection fabric worldwide. And, um, and then the company ultimately got acquired last uh, year. So I had the opportunity to kind of initially be on the sidelines uh, with blockchain space, uh, kind of. Um, it got to a point in terms of that console would get acquired. Um, saw that as, as sort of the inevitable uh, sought after by um, various uh, companies in the industry. And knew that I wanted to well, do a blockchain. Um, so that being said, uh, the time is to, um, you know, seeing, still seeing in a lot of ways, uh, looking, reflecting back at 2016 and 17, that it's still early. Uh, for blockchain, and so really wanted to identify an area of focus um, to really, I would say, you know, problem that either existed. This is great. We have the technology. What industry should we you know, apply technology in first? And um, and that obviously led to uh, our you know earlier discussion here in terms of you know the, some of these initial ad- asset categories that we felt would be ideal. Um, and so um, so yeah, that's a bit about my background. I've um, really, you know, background in internet architecture, internet security, and other aspects of, um, uh, of internet over the years, and, and able to help, uh, you know, take all the experience have and, and help support uh, uh, the endeavors around digital debts. And you know, with all that experience in this in this industry, you know, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned along the way? Well. Um, it's, it's interesting. I think we, every, every time there's, let's say, new innovation, and um, and you may have history in that particular space or not, um, you can kind of reminisce. Um, you know, me having the opportunity to live through the craziness of the internet of the '90s, it's kind of like seen this movie before. And I, you know, a lot of what we saw in in 2017 um, um, resembled it um, in, in a few different ways. In that. Um, people tend to get excited very early when technology is still relatively raw, but excited about the possibilities of that technology. And sometimes we get a bit of ahead of ourselves. Um, 
And, and so, um, but, you know, when something is very powerful, it will stand the test of time, right? So irrespective of, let's say, market corrections that we've seen, uh, blockchain itself, the underlying uh, vision for blockchain in terms of how it can help society and so forth um, is remarkable. And so, um, and so really, when you kind of look at it like that, you, you have to um, know that there's, you know, market sentiment may kind of change as it's kind of trying to better understand blockchain um, or people, you know, institutions or what have you, and the enterprise a bit trying to better understand this. So um, for, uh, you know, entrepreneurs in this space, it's really very important to uh, um, be able to weather the storm um, as, as the market goes through uh, these kind of, uh, you know, ups and downs. Um, I think one of the interesting things really as well, though, over the past um, 12 months or so is in the evolving you know, regulatory landscape uh, in so many different parts of the world. Um, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon that uh, you have this, in some respects, new assets category in terms of uh, cryptocurrencies and the different types of cryptocurrencies, some regulators moving faster than others. Um, it's been really interesting to, um, um, you, know, for, you know, many of us to be part of the industry and observe that happen. Um, for me, I would say that um, in some ways, uh, you know, it, it, I'm not surprised. I, I, you know, for, for those who know me, you know, in terms of what I was saying in 2017, um, I, I mean, part of the question, but my comment in terms of sitting on the sidelines of, you know, I would say that um, um, 2017 was the year of the utility token ICO. Uh, early 2018 was going to be the year of prosecution. <laughs> the prime. <laughs> Or it shouldn't have happened, right? And and I think in some respects it's necessary. Maybe not regulatory uh, kind of catching up and uh, helping provide clarity, framework, and so forth. Um, the other uh, real amazing thing um, that I think we really haven't yet seen the full potential, the full um, market embrace yet, and it's not because it's a problem with it, but it's just it's in that infancy stage. Is the security token? Uh, the sister or brother to the utility token, and um, that, in a lot of in a lot of people, believe is is the next wave. Um, and it's really interesting to see that sort of play out. And and uh, you know, for many people to really learn and, and identify the right platforms to use, uh, right structures, and and so forth to um, you know, really bring whatever may be applicable. So where is, you know, for people who want to get in, involved with Digital Bits, give us a little bit of the, the user experience and how they can get set up with, with using this platform. Yeah, absolutely. So um, with regards to Digital Bits, we um, are among the areas of focus, what we refer to as the digital supply chain. So you have consumers, users, whatever, and then, um, then you have enterprises and brands. And then obviously underneath the enterprise and there's software companies, SaaS companies that support those enterprises. And both enterprises and SaaS companies, software companies, um, a lot of them are using uh, in terms of running their applications, storing their data, et cetera. Uh, it's a layer of this digital supply chain that we sort of see. And we um, have a partner program, partner ecosystem, um, for, uh, that that includes the enterprise brands, the software companies, technology companies, and you know, managed cloud, managed service providers that are supporting this ecosystem. 
And um, many of these organizations, um, you know, if they're looking to learn more um, uh, in terms of blockchain, interested in support, um, anything you know, along those lines, I mean, you definitely could reach us um, uh, by simply going to our website at uh, digitalbits.io. Um, yeah, there's a contact form on, on there. And some, obviously, there's information on there as well. Uh, but they could definitely reach us uh, that way. You know, we're also on Twitter and Telegram and you know, yeah, social media. But that, I'd say that'd be a great place to start um, is with, uh, with the Foundation's website. Fantastic. Al, thank you so much for coming on the program today and informing us about all the, the very interesting and, and new technologies that are coming forth in this era and really digital bit place within those. My pleasure. Well, thank you again for having me. Uh, yeah, enjoyed the interview. That is Al Bergari. He is the founder of the Digital Bits Foundation. This has been Juliet Lamar with Future Tech Podcast. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.